the Happy Families podcast. It's the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. Sleepovers are these formative experiences. They're these things that you just remember for your entire life. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the author of six books about raising happy families. And I'm here with Kylie, my wife and podcast partner, uh, mum to our six daughters. And... uh, we're excited to talk to you about a really tricky topic because Easter is just around the corner. That means school holidays, and school holidays means... Sleepovers! <laughs> Which is awesome and terrifying all at once. So, so Look, some of my best memories mm. were memories that I had with sleepovers. Same, but I also got into trouble on sleepovers as well. Well, and I also felt ostracised, left out and alone and, you know, kind of just completely on the outer. Yeah, I did, did too many nudie runs on sleepovers. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about boys and sleepovers, but just an opportunity to go skinny dipping or take your clothes off and run around a shopping centre car park while you're skateboarding and get paid five bucks by all your friends. We had one sleepover one night. I can't believe that I just shared that. Uh, We had one sleepover one night where I uh, went into the the cupboard and and, and my parents had this big walk-in pantry. It was was an oversized pantry and my mum always bought stuff in bulk. There was a two-litre chocolate topping. Oh, oh. For ice cream. No. And and one of my friends, Aaron, um, I, I, I don't know if Aaron Turner actually listens to this podcast or not, but I'm, I'm putting you in it, Reg. Uh, Aaron walked into the pantry and said, what do you need all that chocolate topping for? And we started talking about how much ice cream we obviously ate. And one of the guys, we had about four or five of us sleeping over that night. And one of the guys says, I bet you can't drink it, Aaron. And uh, we all bet him $5 each. I think he was going to score $20 if he could drink two litres of chocolate topping. And he, p- he picked it up off the shelf, took the lid off and started to drink pure chocolate topping. He oh, got, my stomach is churning. He, he drank more than a litre of oh it. Oh, my gosh. And, and, then, and then he burped and the whole room just smelt like <laughs> chocolate burp. These are the memories of childhood. Like, this is this is great stuff. Why wouldn't you want your kids to have sleepovers? Honestly. What's your best memory? <laughs> I can't even top those. <laughs> Honestly, nudie runs. Seriously. Us girls clearly were not as adventurous as, as you boys were right. because there were no nudie runs and there were definitely no eating competitions like that. I do remember once I may have been peanut buttered all over my face. Oh, that's gross. Because I happened to be the first one to fall asleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cruelty. That's horrible. And, and and the worst thing about having peanut butter on your face is, number one, it's going to be all greasy. And and number two, you're not going to be able to get rid of the smell. Like your face would have smelled like peanut butter for days, I reckon. Yeah, and it was crunchy peanut butter. It didn't go on very nicely. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you have any other, um, I don't know, over-the-top stories from sleepovers or were they fairly sedate? And like you said, you just had to make sure that everyone uh, didn't stay up too late or say anything nasty to each other. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the main ones that I remember, were just a group of girls and we just, truth and dare, we used to play that a fair bit. Uh, yeah, the bottle. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but this is what I'm talking about from, I don't know, let's say from the age of 10 or 11, maybe 12, you start to have these experiences with your friends uh, at sleepovers where you, you would not do any of that. And, and I think this is why parents are worried, right? Because when you have a sleepover, you've got the big issues, okay? So there's safety of your child, just keeping them protected. 
and there's the the concerns about pornography. I can't tell you how many parents have come to me and said my 11 year old was exposed to pornography at a sleepover. Sometimes it's the big brother coming into the room. Sometimes it's um, just the kids looking up rude words on their iPads or something like that. But the other, just the the regular stuff. You've got you've got kids staying up really late, which means that their willpower is low. They start to talk about things that they would never normally talk about during the daytime, but they're tired now and they're feeling close and intimate and they start sharing. Well, and usually the lights are out by the time you start, do you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not staring at each other face to face and so yeah. you're a lot more comfortable sharing things when you don't think that anybody can see you. Everyone's exhausted, everyone's sugared up and, and then the friendship dramas happen. It's no wonder that sleepovers are such a controversial topic and some families just say, no, we don't do them. I, I think what we should do is talk about how parents can make decisions about whether a sleepover is a good idea or not. Let's do that next. It's the Happy Families Podcast. For a happier family, try a Happy Families membership because a happy family doesn't just happen. Details at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. We had a sleepover at our place recently. Uh, our 13-year-old daughter had a bunch of friends over, and it was it was heartening. Of the five kids that stayed overnight, I reckon, what are you, four of them? Four of them had parents who directly contacted us and said... Well, and the fifth one we actually know personally, and they've been in our home numerous times, so they didn't need to have the same conversation. Yeah, so every single one of these girls' parents contacted us... Uh, our daughter gave them our phone number and said they, they, they literally said, we don't really know you. Uh, <laughs> we just wanted to kind of say hi and find out what the plans are. It was just so nice to have that conversation because it helped me, not knowing them either, it helped me to feel like we were in alignment as parents. We were, we were all on the same page. We wanted to make sure our children were safe and I could feel a lot better when my child is spending time with their child because they're asking the same questions that I would ask. Yeah, it's that whole, it takes a village, so let's let's be aligned. And, and that way the children can't say, oh yeah, but we're allowed to and they did this and it, it, it's just so nice. The parents were all wonderful. The girls had a great time. They, we had one parent say, my daughter has two games of netball tomorrow, one starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, so we'll be there at 7.30. Please promise us that they'll go to bed at a reasonable hour. And we were like, perfect, <laughs> job done. And the girls, the girls knew that it was a big deal. Five or six 13-year-old girls all crashing in the living room, and they know that they're being entrusted. They were great. They did the, um, they did the makeup thing. The blind makeovers. I went down to check on them at 10.30 and they were all huddled, huddled in the um, ensuite downstairs and I, they scared the living daylights out of me. They looked like pirates or something with these big black <laughs> eyes and red lips that didn't quite make their lips. And it was, it was so nice to see these kids just having wholesome fun. The TV didn't go on. They weren't on their screens and they were just enjoying each other's company. And they saw me walk down the stairs and they said, we know we're just washing the makeup off and then we're going to bed. I'm sure that plenty of people listening to the podcast would have had experiences where concerning things have happened at a sleepover but we've also had this thing happen just the other week with our daughter where everything was delightful the kids were good to each other they went to bed on time they didn't junk up too much on sugar uh, do you know what the highlight of that sleepover was everything went nicely no what was it it was the next morning when the girls were getting ready to leave they packed up the room 
They asked me where the vacuum cleaner was. They also got the mop. They mopped my tiled floor downstairs and made sure that the room was spotless before they left. So how do we have these successful? It wasn't my children. It was my friends. <laughs> the, the, the friends. Yeah, that's right. How do we how do we make this happen? How do parents who listen to the podcast get this right? I reckon there's a handful of things that we need to run through. First off, what's what's too young? When's the right age for a sleepover? What's your take as a mum? Look, I think every parent is going to have and every family is going to have their own standing sure. on this. Um, for us, definitely in high school and for our 13-year-old who's almost 14, this is the first sleepover she's actually had. And we've always had that rule. We've made a couple of exceptions in unusual circumstances, but our rule has been once you're in high school, we'll talk about sleepovers and not until then. Yeah, but it's not a given that just because you're a 12-year-old, you get to have a sleepover or that, you know, this is a really big deal. Okay. Uh, next thing, I, I, I would say know the family. And if you don't know the family, get to know them. Have a conversation. And, and, and I have the conversation awkwardly. I've done this a few times and I make a deal about how it's awkward. I'll say to the person, uh, it's really nice to meet you. This is kind of awkward since we don't know each other at all, but because we don't know each other. I've heard a handful of horror stories about sleepovers. I'm really hoping and I'm sure that everything's going to be okay. But can I just ask a couple of questions just so that I can have that reassurance? And I literally, I will ask, who's going to be in the house? Are you going to have any visitors? Are there any big brothers? And we have a rule in our family that boys don't go into girls' rooms. So if they do have big brothers, what can we do to help? the kids be separate and usually the parents will say <laughs> we're talking about a big brother here he, he doesn't want to know about the little girls and their you know like, they, they, he's going to stay as far away as he can because he doesn't want to be near them but we've I reckon we've got to ask that question and and be really clear about knowing who's in the house and the family that you're talking to then knows that you really do care yeah I think it holds it holds everybody accountable um, when we ask those kinds of questions we're we're letting them know that these little people in our lives are the most important things. Yeah. The most important people in our world. And we're going to do everything we can to keep them safe. And if that means we've got to have a really awkward conversation, then we're willing to, you know, kind of take one for the team. So talking to the other family, though, isn't always going to be enough. And and I think that what we absolutely have to do is talk to our own child and just go over a few ground rules. What are your top three ground rules when our kids have a sleepover at someone else's? We have some guiding principles in our home that we talk to our kids about regularly. And one of the things that we remind them before they walk out the door every day is to just remember those principles. They help to govern the choices that they make. So that would be my first one, reminding them of... Reminding them of our values. Yeah. My second one would um, 100% be giving them an out. You know, sometimes it's really hard when you're with your friends to say, I want to go home because then you're kind of either called the baby or, you know, called all these names because you can't hack it, you can't deal with it. And so in the past, we've given our kids a code. They can just send us a little X um, via text. And we know as soon as we get that message that they're not comfortable being where they are. Um, and we can give them a call and just say, look, something's come up and we need to come and get you. Now, we, we got one of those text messages uh, a few months ago from one of our kids at about I feel like it was about two o'clock in the morning. That's what it felt like. It was probably 10 o'clock at night. And uh, she was 45 minutes away. She'd gone with some friends to the Gold Coast. And when I got that text message, I got out of bed and I got in the car and drove 45 minutes down the highway to get her because she was feeling uncomfortable where she was. And I, I love that piece of advice. Just come up with a code word or something that she can text. And then you just contact the adult in the home and say, our daughter's 
got a bit of anxiety. Our son's uh, not feeling well, and he's messaged us and asked us if we if we can come get him. And you just go get them, no matter what the time of day it is. I think that it's a, a terrifically important thing. Uh, anything else that uh, would be in your top three? That would be my main ones. Have you got anything that I haven't said? Yeah, so so I love those two, and they're, they're things that we talk about all the time. The other two that I always mention when I'm dropping them off is I, I want to make sure that they're going to be really responsible around screens and I discourage screen use once they get past about 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Sure, if you're watching a movie, that's fine. Make sure you're comfortable with the movie and then no screens after the movie. But keep the screens off once it gets late because willpower is low and people start looking stuff up or they start texting people and they end up getting into situations sometimes that are just unsafe. And the other thing is bedrooms. If you're going to go into a bedroom, make sure that you're not the only one in there, uh, particularly if there are any males around. I, I hate to say it, I'm a male. I don't have a problem with males. Unfortunately, statistically, we know that if there's going to be any harm caused, males are going to be the perpetrators in the vast majority, in the highest proportion of cases. So I just, I, I always tell the kids, no, don't be in any bedrooms with any males, whether it's the dad or whether it's Well, the, the reality is it doesn't have to be a bedroom. I think, you know. Or in any for, room, yeah. yeah. For us, as, as we've spoken with the kids, it's just, you stay in twos. You, you're with your friend all the time. So the take-home message again, reinstate your values with your kids before they go anywhere. Let them know that they can contact you at any time so that you will and, and you will come and help them. Make sure that they know the rules about screens and to the extent that it's possible, discourage them from being in any kind of room or situation where they're alone with somebody who could be uh, threatening to them in any way, shape or form. I think that that's oh, – and, and also know the family to the very best of your ability. Have the conversation with the parents and find out exactly what kind of entertainment is on the menu for the kids that night. We hope that this has been a helpful podcast for you if you're in that situation and the kids are – pressuring you for a sleepover if you would like more information about how you can make your family happier you can find it at happyfamilies.com.au we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review for the podcast people find out about the podcast when you do that and we can make their family happier and safer as well and we appreciate the work of justin rulon from bridge media he's the producer of the podcast our executive producer is craig bruce more details at happyfamilies.com.au happyfamilies.com.au